0: You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Tree Park Store.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Creative Voices. I'm joined today by Stephen Chan. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? I'm great, Steve. I'm great. Thanks for taking the time on your holiday to sit down and talk. Uh, so, Steve, you, coffee,
0: mm. let's do it. Yeah, me, coffee. It all kind of started back when I was working at the restaurant. Yeah. For those who know, we have a family restaurant. A very stereotypical Chinese-Irish upbringing, the few of us out there in the world, Um, (laughs) always starts off with uh, the family have a Chinese restaurant, Um, but uh, back then I remember maybe like 14, 15, around that time, um, I was kind of working in the restaurant and espresso machines started to come into play, Um, also around that time was the, the beginning of like YouTube, I suppose, seeing Latte art videos was kind of what got me hooked. I was like, oh, that's amazing. People can pour like hearts and stuff on it. I was like, that's kind of cool. So that's when I was like, you didn't really have any teachers back then at that time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and see what I can, if I can do that. And like a month later, I finally was able to pour a heart on a a cappuccino or a latte, whichever, well, it's all the same now these days. But yeah, and then that's kind of when I got hooked. After that, I remember there was a co-worker at the restaurant who also worked um, in a cafe as a second job, um, Miyuki. Hello, if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, you're so great at making coffee. Uh, we're hiring baristas. Um, come, come try out. And I was not really confident with my level to be working in a cafe, but uh, she decided to organize a trial for me anyway. I'm like so just regardless. regardless yeah regardless she was like you're coming at 11 on Wednesday and I'm like oh okay shit whatever so went in this is like a super busy cafe in like it's called like Cafe Express um, right on the corner of Air Square and they just literally threw me behind this like huge three group machine I can't remember even what brand it was I think it was a Zimbale or something and I was like okay off you go and then orders just start you kind know, of populating in the manager was there kind of watching me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so then... Sink or swim. Sink or swim, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it went pretty well. It was really... It was kind of fun. Really enjoyed it. And then uh, she was like, okay, look, uh, we love how you work. We'd like to offer you a job. So I think that's when I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just give it a shot and see how it goes. I was with Cafe Express for about two and a half years. And at that point, Italian coffee was like the only type of coffee. It's very ubiquitous with coffee, right? yeah. yeah. And I thought I was this shit in coffee at that point. I was like, yeah, I know everything about coffee. I think it was when uh, Badger and Dodo opened up in town. And uh, I remember me and the boss, uh, Eric, at that time, we went up to try the coffee. <laughs> we were sitting there, you know, as like coffee people do, you just like... Observe and like yeah. analyze the entire cafe. And then yeah, we ordered two espressos and we we're just drinking. It's like oh, this is shit. This is just a sour. It just tastes a bit off. Like and then, but yeah. And then I remember like even just walking away, I was like, God, oh, this has a weird aftertaste in my mouth. It's kind of it's kind of nice, even though it was kind of disgusting a minute ago. Um, yeah, and then I kept going back. And uh, they started doing this um, homebrew class for free on like Wednesday evenings or Tuesday evenings, I can't remember now. Oh, yeah, I remember you going to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first one that I went to was on like AeroPress, and I had no idea what was going on. This whole like filter coffee concept was like way beyond me. And then I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. There's like a lot of knowledge being passed down to me. And then I was recommended some books to read. uh, And then the first book, The World Atlas of Coffee. Because that was when I started learning about countries and stuff. But even then, that was so much information. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much how I got into it. I think after that, it was uh, I was working in the office, still working in the restaurant as well a bit. Um, and then Copyworks and Press opened. Yeah, I was like, oh, at that time, I would have worked in Badger and Dodo for a bit. I asked, I was like, oh, I want a job here and work here. Uh, I want to learn more about coffee and like, they were all like, so You don't come by any of these jobs by conventional means at all. <laughs> no, I just was like, this is cool. I want to work here. Give me a job. Yeah. <laughs> just keep hounding them. Um, but yeah, so I did that for a couple of months and then I got a job and I got my real job working as a, as a marketer. So I did that for a while. And then, but even on the weekends, I was like, oh, you know, I don't really want to give up coffee. So Coffee Working Press opened at that point, and And uh, I remember first tasting their coffee and, it was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Not as good as ours. Like, it, that was of Um So then I remember I was helping them out, like giving them pointers and things. Like, oh, maybe you should like try this and try this. And then eventually they were like, hey, do you want a job here? <laughs> um, <laughs> Not the usual way to get a job. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So then Dan uh, offered me a job on the weekends. Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll do that. So I was working seven days a week, office nine to five, and then the weekends doing some coffee. Uh, I remember that as well actually yeah yeah it was tough but I really enjoyed it I wasn't really willing to give it up and I wasn't sure which one to give up Uh, eventually I decided to just do full time and go into coffee screw it all in and yeah I'm glad I did that I had a lot of like autonomy with like what I wanted to do with coffee a lot of experimenting a lot of learning um yeah coffee work was great in like bringing in like some really amazing people like Coffee Collective and like more recently they brought in Patrick Roth from April Coffee Roasters to have a talk and I got to talk with all these people and network with them as well and like learn so much from these people
1: they're always very good for holding events they seem to always have something interesting going on Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and it was a cool space yeah uh, I was pretty much given all of like the most expensive coffee toys to work with and it was like there you go do whatever you want (laughs) 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 Um, yeah and uh, now I'm in Vancouver, learning more about coffee, working in Revolver at the moment, pretty crazy the level of volume and like the amount of coffee that we carry in Revolver, we have like up to 19 different like filter options every day, menu changes every week, like the espresso choice changes every few hours and yeah, also having like crazy toys to work with and they also host some events and stuff like that, Um, yeah.
1: So how how does that go? Like espresso choice changes every few hours. Like people sometimes come back to a place to get a coffee they like. So do you keep it within similar kind of palatones or do you completely change? Mm,
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, Usually there's one that we try to keep it to be that kind of approachable, a little bit chocolatey, nutty, nothing like too, like it's not going to punch you in the face, like bright or anything. Um, And then usually another one, we have is like maybe a little bit brighter than maybe like if it could be like an Ethiopian that we, there's a lot of Ethiopians that we like using or else it's a different single origin. Um, And then on the weekends, we have uh, an international roaster that we put on as well on the third hopper. So you can have three choices instead of two. Okay.
1: Yeah. Speaking of all the different choices, filters and stuff. So your first experience of filter you said was in when you worked in Badger and Dodo. Yeah. And even from working there at the time, people's experience of that i'm sure that must have been a bit different at the time not many people would have come in looking for that they probably would just come in looking for a regular coffee i assume
0: yeah like a regular coffee here is like an americano right where it's kind of like it's 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 kind of bold it's it's heavy it's you know it's not not nowhere near as like delicate or you wouldn't have any of those like crazy complex flavors that you'd get from a filter like you know, tasting an Ethiopian filter versus an Americano would just like be like, oh, Jesus, what's this? Yeah, yeah this, this is not coffee. <laughs> yeah. But I know even myself, the first time I drank filter, it was like, you just kind of taste like, oh, it's kind of watery. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you're just like slurping away at every filter, trying to pick out all the tiny little flavor notes that you can get out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And... Not just that, but you also worked as well for a bit of time with our own roasters, Calendar Coffee.
0: Yeah, um, I was super excited to hear when they were coming over to open a roastery. There isn't really, a, there wasn't a specialty roastery in Galway. hope I don't, yeah, I'm not missing anyone out. No, I'm you're not. not yeah, you're not, okay, sure. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just their, like, Dan and Zara's level of, like, their their experience, their background, like Workshop Coffee was always one of my favorite roasters. So it was very exciting. That's where they came from as uh, Dan was roasting there and Zara was front of house, I think. Yeah. So yeah, having someone like us, so having a roaster that of that caliber was kind of really exciting for Galway. I think in general, the whole coffee community was very excited. Yeah. Having carried workshop before in coffee work, um, I met Dan and Zara before. And then when they came over, I was very excited to be like, oh, look, I would love to have out in the roastery. Just like learn. Like, I think as a barista... The whole roasting side of things is like it's a complete different like it's been a mystery in some ways yeah it's a whole different universe you have no idea how coffee goes from like pale green to brown <laughs> <laughs> and what happens in between yeah so yeah being introduced to that and like dan was uh awesome and like you know teaching me like running through like how he does things like super transparent and open about like oh these are like the are like, Cropster graphs and this is how we roast, and, like, this is what goes in my head when we're roasting and when new coffee comes in. Yeah, they were so great at, like, from green bean, like, storage to how they buy coffee and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really cool to to see how, yeah, coffee gets roasted. Yeah. I suppose it helped round out your knowledge and give an appreciation of the whole aspect of it. hmm yeah. Um, I think also tasting, being able to taste, like, Good roasted coffee, and like, like compared to a coffee that was roasted, maybe like it was like a little bit under roasted or like a little bit overdubbed or that kind of stuff, and like figuring out what kind of roast profile that you actually like as a as a brewster or as a person, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I know that
1: we held our workshops here in the shop over the weekend that mm. you hosted, and you made some very interesting points about how people should taste coffee. Yeah, I think for anyone who wasn't lucky enough to make that, it'd
0: be great to hear some of that again. This was actually, it was really put into, like it was really packaged up really well from uh, my friend Sam who gave me a little, like who pretty much taught me a good bit about coffee since I was in Vancouver. And the kind of stages that you should be going through in your head when you're tasting coffee, you kind of go with like the four, which is like the first one when you're drinking is like, okay, the acidity, how, how bright is this? Or like uh, how, like, what's the sourness level of this? am I happy with it? Is this the level of like brightness or acidity that I'm expecting from this coffee? Like, is it highly grown in altitude or is it like known to be quite bright and fruity? And then the next thing would be the sweetness level. Like, is this sweet enough or is this coffee supposed to be that sweet or should, could it be sweeter? And it's kind of listening to the coffee, what it's gonna, what it's supposed to, to taste like. Um, and then after that, you'd have the bitterness. Like, is it really bitter or is it, not bitter at all? Or like, is could I balance this bitterness with, you know, the sweetness and the acidity that I tasted before? Um, and then the last would be like how it feels in your mouth. This coffee could be maybe a little bit thinner or this coffee could be like one of those like super syrupy sweet ones. So going through those four stages in your head, like basically helps you like figure out how this coffee should be tasted or how you should uh, make this coffee and let this coffee speak to you.
1: Yeah. Okay. And do you think, from your point of view as a barista working every day, is that something you'd welcome, welcome from a customer's point of view? You know, getting good, solid feedback from someone about their preference for coffee is probably better than someone just going, I like it or I don't like it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, ultimately it's your cup of coffee and how you want to drink it. Uh, everyone has preferences on how they like their coffee. Yeah. Um, if you want like a super like rich, like very sweet, but like a low acidity and you kind of like it like super syrupy in your mouth and you like to add a drop of milk in it. Like that's totally fine. And that's Mm. how, like if you, if you are as a barista and you want to, like, that's how you want your coffee to be tasted, uh, that's totally okay. It's kind of like going into like a restaurant and then the chef, you know, cooking the way he thinks is Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, correct, or how he likes it to be tasted. Um, it's all kind of an art form in a way. I think it's also, it's really shown in food, and I think it should be shown in coffee as well. Yeah. yeah, everyone can have their own, like, different way of, like, showcasing... Whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more of a blend of art and science than people realize. Yeah. I think mean, that was one of the key
1: feedbacks from the, one or two of the workshops over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a customer pop in today, actually, who's uh, the one on Saturday... And actually said, my God, I thought I was a coffee drinker and I knew about coffee. Mm. And then I sat there for that hour and realized I don't know anything about coffee.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. The, it's one of those things that it's kind of like when I thought I knew everything about coffee when I was working <laughs> <laughs> with Italian coffee. I was like, there's nothing else to know, really. I know how to pour amazing tulips and swans. <laughs> um, and that's all I got to know. Um, yeah, I know. Like learning from like what the hundreds, if not thousands, varieties of like... Yeah bean to like processing and like there's you're always chasing like what like their new processing method or experimental way of making coffee you know people are pulling out sous-vides and like making foams and stuff and all sorts of things yeah carbonic maceration now that's used in wine is now using coffee yes. and yeah anaerobic fermentation i heard they're using as well and stuff yeah that. All that, and lactate fermentations so yeah adding crazy different things to coffee to make it taste amazing mm.
1: And are you finding a big difference in the way you serve the customer and the,
0: the palette and preference of people in, in Vancouver than when you worked in Ireland? Yeah, I think overall North American coffee palette is a bit more like on the developed side than... Yeah. Europeans, they they almost make fun of Europeans over there for like the Scandinavian roast, which almost tastes green. They they say like, "Gosh, oh, this is almost green." As <laughs> mm. a typical Scandi roast, yeah. yeah. So for those yeah. of viewers, I suppose that's too light or too fresh, yeah, you know? yeah. Like they would call that almost underdeveloped because you can taste a bit like or grassy or something, like yeah. that, or it's like very very bright, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think from starting here. You, I almost have a preference for like really bright fruity coffees. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like I almost like, I almost like under extracting my coffees because I like that like yeah. brightness in some coffees. Yeah. And
1: talking then a bit more about like people's preferences and their palates and stuff. Mm. How would you tell them to develop their preferences and taste? Is there a way to go about it to figure out what they like? Yeah.
0: Uh, Other than drinking lots of coffee. <laughs> I mean, I think if you, the best thing to do is to have uh, different types of coffee on it, on like in one go, if you can, um, On if you can have access to like a cupping, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. but, but you know that calendar, to be fair, do cuppings on a regular basis sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's like a coffee club. Coffee club. You missed yeah. in that.
1: We had one in Shadow to Little Lane had one and Coffee Work had one. And we're hoping to hold
0: one coming up once the summer city season is over. Yeah. Because I think if you, even if you're drinking filters, like filters is a a great way to, to taste like the different types of coffee and the different flavors that coffee can, if you have even just two filters that are either different origin or different processing method, even like a a washed and a natural, even just something as easy as that.
1: And that's something people could do at home themselves too, isn't it? Yeah. Easy access to homebrew methods, simple, like a... 60 or any kind of filter grab a couple of bags of coffee and they're good to go
0: yeah even a french press you know something as easy as that just like if you can just make two french presses of like two different coffees and just put them side by side and then you you can just even being able to start off as like telling the difference between two two coffees like oh this one's like very has a bit of sourness to it and this one is like much much lower on the acidity you're like oh and then that's when you kind of start to develop your palate and be like oh i think i prefer the brighter one. Yeah. Or I, I still prefer, you know, the more chocolatey, nuttier one.
1: Do you think, I, that, I feel like that's something that hasn't actually occurred to a lot of people who drink a lot of coffee. Maybe yes, it's just because, again, we're probably also busy doing our day to day that we know we like coffee, but we haven't actually drank the coffee mindfully to see what our preference is. Mm. Like, I think there's a great joy in offering a new coffee to someone that you can know comes in on a regular basis and seeing the reaction when they get to taste something like that it's all been good coffee but they're exposed to a different flavor a different profile or even the awareness people might have had and I've spoken to some people over the last few weeks over how at this time of the year we're in a different type of variety and season of coffee Mm -hmm. we've moved away from those more raisiny chocolatey and we're into very like floral fruity coffees this time of year
0: yeah I think for a lot of us coffee is is something that we need in order to go on with our day (laughs) myself included and yeah. yeah especially your first morning coffee because that's when most people have their coffee right yeah. uh and you're, you're not really mindful as to what's in your cup you're more just eager to get the cafe you're just into. like and you're just like and then after a while you're like oh that cheese that was great and i was yeah. like i don't know why but it was great yeah. but yeah those little things from i guess knowing which cafe you like because like maybe their milk temperature is different or maybe the milk that they're using is different or uh like down to like the temperature of the water it could be something as even as easy as like do they pour the water after the shot for your americano or before your shot like those things make a huge difference yeah
1: and is the water properly filtered and what's the the water profile of the area like and so forth that's it yeah have you found big preferences in people's taste then like i mean you talked about i always think that consistency is key in every aspect so for me we probably serve our milk not quite as hot Mm -hmm. as other places yeah but that's my preference because I think it allows the flavors to come through better. And even for me, I have developed the strange habit of letting my coffee go cold before I drink it. Because I find there's a way better breadth or expression of flavors there than there is.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, being able to, like, e- even tasting the coffee from when it's hot all the way till when it's I mean, cold. That whole experience, actually. Yeah. Taking it at all the different stages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cup's journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coffee of the moment. <laughs> coffee of the moment. Literally, coffee of the moment. Yeah. Because um, it changes quite drastically from hot to cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like bright coffees will like get so bright and super like super fruity. Kind of strangely enough, because the specialty coffee industry. Sometimes come across as quite pretentious. Yeah. Um. There's almost a fear in customers' eyes, especially if they're new to the coffee, that yeah. like they be like, usually if they drink a cappuccino or a latte, that's quite hot. Yeah. And then they're one that's at drinking temperature, which yeah. is like probably cool to them. Yeah. That it's it's pretentious enough that they're afraid to complain about it, so then they're kind of forced to drink it. <laughs> but in a sense, it's great because. You know, it's an experience they might not have had otherwise. Yeah, and like the milk is the sweetest at that point, and it doesn't yeah. have that like grossness in your mouth when it's on extra hot. <laughs> grossness in your mouth. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but also you can have it extra hot if you like. Yeah. It. <laughs> oh well, look, consistency is yeah. king, yeah. but yeah. then personal preference is also
1: very important. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like I've no problem serving someone of their coffee as they want, mm-hmm. but if they want the best possible experience, I think that would be up to the barista if they're working in specialty coffee and have enough experience to decide because they know what's going to be the best representation of that coffee
0: yeah i mean if they like their cappuccinos like what you know i call the celtic tiger cappuccino which is like super dry and foamy (laughs) um that's that's totally cool like i'll do it yeah i mean i have the jug with a spoon (laughs) yeah just spoon it out with a big spoon and just dunk it in and you know they're like oh geez that's amazing (laughs) For sure, I love a, a caramel frappuccino every now and then as well, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, I think we're, as, as the coffee industry is kind of growing, we're, we're becoming like super, like, judgmental with people on how they drink their coffee. Um, yeah. I think simplifying things and just being like, this is a really good cup of coffee. Um, you can modify it the way you want, and yeah. if that's what makes you happy but I think
1: that in some ways parallels like the food industry in the last few years Mm. where a couple years ago if you couldn't understand what was written on the menu it had to be good yeah whereas now we seem to have pared back and stripped back to even more simple dishes and food locally made locally sourced Mm -hmm. fewer elements and that's I think an even greater expression of food than there is to having 15 different things on the plate yeah and to me, that's kind of where coffee is too. In some ways, mm-hmm. I think it's. I know the pretentiousness you spoke about. Yeah, and I think we've all experienced that in some places. Mm-hmm. But um, being honest and willing to be giving people a choice, but making them understand it is their choice if they want to have it a certain yeah. way.
0: Yeah. No, you definitely. I think even with David Chang's Ugly delicious show. Yes. Um, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What a hero. Uh, <laughs> You're a person food hero, I think. Yeah, because he. Th- I think it's just because when he said everything tastes like Asian food, I was like, "Yes, that's you know, no. preach." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he. I think even for my cooking, like journey was like I went from cooking like trying to do like crazy fancy like fine dining methods, and then now, like in the last couple of years, I've been like, you know what, like screw that. I have, like, so much more enjoyment when I cook, like, Chinese food or, like, one of those just, like, really homey, soulful dishes and you're just like, oh, this is just so good and it it doesn't matter if it's, like... It's or, satisfying. Yeah. If it's, it's much more satisfying. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, eating a whole lasagna instead of having lasagna foam sometimes is better, you know? <laughs> wow, <Well>, lasagna foam. <laughs> definitely haven't tried that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... so
1: <laughs> lasagna foam. <laughs> Okay, no, no, I'm not gonna have it. Yeah. Uh, so, where's coffee going? You know, where's coffee going?
0: Uh, what have you seen in in Canada Land that we don't have here? Uh, honestly, well, I can see that competition coffees are really hitting mainstream, yeah, for sure. Um, I recently tried uh, like this. It was one of the coffees from the World Bristol Champions, um, the New Zealand Bristol Champ. Actually, he had a a geisha from Panama. I can't remember how it was processed. There was something to do with sous vide and warm water. And I just remember tasting like strawberries, just strawberry juice. Wow. I had the natural and the honey version uh, and it was like, it blew my mind. It was incredible. It was so delicious. Um, And I can see a lot of that in the industry now where I think there's a lot, it feels like there's a lot more people competing or like the competition scene is like a lot more mainstream. Yeah. and a lot of the roasters that are roasting for the comps are now selling the comp coffee um and consumers are getting to taste that stuff which is really exciting and i think it's really going to a point where it's like wine and how like natural wine is kind of headed now where it's like weird like different processing methods and like crazy ways of how they're like changing up the way the coffee is either roasted or grown or like that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: How do you feel about that. Because sometimes I think with the wine and beer industry, a lot of people are chasing the unknown and chasing to being different. And maybe if they just did what they did really well.
0: Yeah. You know? I think there, because I think now that there's so much like specialty coffee now, like so many third wave cafes, um, yeah. like in the smallest towns that you'll find like a pretty awesome yeah. That might be. be my Colin. That might be, might be like yeah, like, like my Colin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that I think there's always going to be something that like the the people will chase after it's like, what's the new, like, crazy thing? Like, the new yeah, the yeah. New, the new hipster trend, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> hipster? Oh <away. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because, like, especially coffees now, like, getting less hipster, it's just become kind of normal. Part of people's lives. Yeah, so now we're chasing after what's the newest, most pretentious thing we could possibly drink yeah. out of coffee, and it does seem like that. But but also, because the industry is so developed now that a lot of like, the farmers are getting more money, like, there's a lot of direct trade happening, and, like, there's a lot more input from um like roasters so and like a lot of these countries would be like developing countries and for them like pumping money to them and like chatting with them as to like what you know people are looking for or like new exciting ways of doing coffee um and you can really kind of see that coming into like cups these days yeah which is it's cool i i I like it it's you know I like the pretentious side of hipsterness sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just like you, occasionally like a caramel frappuccino. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> twenty chicken McNuggets. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, best roasters out there at the moment.
0: Uh calendar. <laughs>
1: Shout out <and> obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, April Coffee Roasters always was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. Coffee Collective, I feel like I've always been doing their thing. It's always super solid, especially like the fact that they only do direct trade. Um I like that. I also like uh there's a a new crowd in in Vancouver. A couple of new a couple of a couple of roasters in Vancouver. Um Modus and Luna Coffee, really enjoying them. Um Oh, is
1: Modus the bag that you brought back?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. We might break that mm-hmm. open tomorrow and give it a whirl actually. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh yeah, the cupping room in Hong Kong. Oh
1: uh, yeah, maybe yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Hong Kong specialty coffee. Insane, right? It's off the charts. Yeah. We went there together in two thousand and twelve thirteen maybe?
0: Yeah, maybe thirteen.
1: Maybe thirteen. Yeah. When you would really start to get into your specialty coffee mm-hmm. and I was just starting to we'd done some Time together, we've done some courses together and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, and I'd always kind of been exposed to you doing it in the restaurant, yeah. And that's kind of part of the reason we're doing what we're doing now is you know hanging around you and getting experience around that, yeah. But going to Hong Kong and uh, like it seems like every time you watch a Bristol Championships, there's always someone from Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, Hong in Kong the always. top
1: three. Oh yeah, and nearly always one of them is always from the cupping room.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, there, I think there was a the one time that we went to the cupping room, the Shanghai the guy
1: who had finished second that year was
0: working there. Yeah, yeah. second in the world. Yeah, he was on till. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, Oh, I'm looking for a filter. He's like, Oh, I'll just get the Hong Kong uh, brewers champ to make you a filter. I'm like, What? Who's that? And I think that's <laughs> your man over there. Yeah, Don Don Chan. I think I remember yeah, his name yeah. was. But yeah, I remember there was like three or four national champions working in the one shop at the one time on the same shift. And I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, And probably getting like minimum wage. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. But it just seems like Hong Kong's thing though, you know? Once they put their mind to doing something. They always outdo the other person. Yeah, they just completely annihilate the rest of the
1: world. Yeah. 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 And that's like, they have multiple occasions. It's not just them, there's a
0: whole bunch of... Like, is it... What's the... Five Elephants, is that it no, that's, uh, the, that's in Berlin, yeah. yeah. No, there's, a. Uh, I know Don Chan, who was the, he went on to the Worlds as well. I, didn't, I don't think he I don't think he won it, but yeah, he was the Hong Kong Brewers champion. And I think he did barista as well. And then he opened up his own roastery and cafe called Amber. Okay. Um, oh, it's Coffee Academics. Coffee Academics. Um, there's Asian Grams. Yeah. And There's Barista Jam. There's, I think, something elephant. I remember there was one. Something that, elephant, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so many now in Hong Kong. Just- I think that was the
1: first time I actually tasted really good cold brewed coffee as well, mm-hmm. where they were extracting it on an ice strip over a really long time and yeah. then serving it in chilled wine glasses. Yes. I want to talk about pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> <hit> maximum pretentious. <laughs> there were my God. Like my memory is that we went back for a lot of that. Yeah. We were there maybe a few times a day.
0: Yeah, 120 dollars coffees.
1: Yeah, just. For translation purposes, that's, like, what, 12 to 14 euros to yeah. on yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. They've and I think even now, the cupping room have always had some, like, crazy... They've always had, like, crazy expensive coffees on offer on yeah. to sell. Like, they've always had, like, amazing Panama Gages. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. There's a market for it there, and there's yeah. so many people. And
1: what's it's your thoughts great. on that? Like, what's what are you happy to pay... For a cup of coffee, like, what do you think a good cup of coffee in a, a regular specialty coffee shop should be?
0: Uh, I always think that the, the quality of product that we're giving out compared yeah. to how much we're charging is, like, we're drastically undercharging. Yeah. Like, I think a cup of coffee should probably start at 8 euro. Wow. No. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you think about the amount of work that's going into one cup of coffee.
1: Yeah. And um, the amount of education that was into,
0: you know, training a person who really knows what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I mean, the amount of stages that it has to go through until it reaches the consumer. Yeah. I think there's like five or six, right? There's like, you know, from actually taking I think it's like four years for a coffee plant to actually get to grow fruit and then picking it like sorting it out whether it's ripe or not and then like depulping mills or like even just like drying them out naturally this this all hasn't even left the country of origin yet yeah like there's like so much stuff you know from sorting to like and then and then packaging and then shipping it here yeah Yeah, I think then it only gets to the roaster and then it gets like to the consumer and then after that like you know it's just but yeah. I suppose
1: the differentiation isn't there in people's minds between they may pay a little bit extra for a really good cup of coffee, but to them, they don't see the difference between the huge gap between regular and specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. To yeah. them, it isn't discernible enough. And even for people who are super into it, yeah. like they may see the discernment in the level of taste and quality, but I don't think they understand the
0: extra work that goes in there. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or even the training of the knowledge that's like behind it. It's Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, I just can't believe yeah, that yeah, it's so cheap. Yeah. It's like, it's like getting like, we're usually paying McDonald's prices or like, you know, just like fast food prices. And then we're just paying like maybe a euro or two over yeah. for like fine dining. That's yeah. basically what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. getting a great deal as a consumer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is getting kind of screwed over. A bit. <laughs> I, I would happily pay anything under 25 euros for a cup of coffee well yeah <laughs> be interesting to see the feedback on this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and uh, we talked about it briefly there your thoughts on cold brew I still think a chilled hot brew is the only way to be drinking it yeah cold brew is cool uh, it's easy and it's fast and uh, but there's still a lot of bad cold brew movement, though. there is yeah uh, I feel cold brew tastes a bit monotone sometimes yeah. I mean I, I, we did a I think it's like people like the idea of a cold coffee drink yeah so
1: anything that's cold that has coffee in it they'll accept whereas yeah. they don't know it could be better
0: yeah it could be better I think with just because with like a chilled or like you know an ice drip yeah like you get all of those flavors that you get from a hot like pour yeah, over, yeah, yeah. but just cold yeah. um, whereas cold brew you, it kinda it Dumbs down the acidity quite a lot. Yeah, um, We did accidentally... I actually secretly added some geisha in, in coffee work when we did cold brew. Yeah. <laughs> and it tasted really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't think we can all afford geisha. No, cold I don't think so, yeah. Um,
1: But... Yeah. See, I like my cold brew sometimes. I just like the simplicity of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. The sweetness and just the mellowness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is something I would never really seek out in a hot coffee. Yeah. But I think it was cold, that's something about the way it hits the palate. is just...
0: Yeah. Satisfying, yeah. You know? I get that. It also has so much more caffeine than any other caffeinated drink, which something people don't realize. Yeah, you know, like you're wired after one. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And that's mad that people still think that espresso is like, you know, packed with caffeine. Yeah, they just get this in their head. It's you know, it's mm. one of those coffee myths, misperception that we've all been told. Like, you yeah,
0: know? I guess because it's it's it more tastes, con- it's concentrated. It's yeah, more intense. Yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah,
1: the taste is more intense. Yeah. So they're going to think there must be caffeine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so someone wants to get into their coffee or maybe start making it at home or t- to develop their
0: knowledge. Where did they start? I would start with the World Atlas of Coffee. Yeah? Yeah, James Hoffman wrote it. Actually, yeah, it's a good like kind of starting point as to, it, it's probably a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, but it's a good starting point to learning a bit more about coffee and what it is. It's a fruit. Um, <laughs> fruit. Fruit. <laughs> But yeah, also the that new uh, book that the Sprudge people wrote, uh, the new rules of coffee. New rules of coffee. Yeah, that is a really good summary of like everything the coffee. It's, the yeah, it's
1: is. good. It's easy to it's easy to read and digest. Yeah. it's uh, informative yeah. still. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah,
0: very. Because uh, it has everything from like history of coffee to where it came from, yeah. all the way to like how you should store it and all yeah. that kind of jazz. Yeah. Okay
1: okay so there's two good books to start and I suppose there's always online resources as well like you said YouTube is YouTube changed your life Steve YouTube
0: YouTube changed my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah YouTube is I mean you can learn anything on YouTube now there's almost everything there um but honestly the like the best way to learn is just practice yeah yeah
1: uh expose yourself to lots of good coffee and yeah yeah to find your preference eventually
0: yeah get one of those little v60s at home like they're pretty cheap yeah. You guys sell them? Oh yeah, like <clears> they're
1: <throat> nine euros. That. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's nothing. Yeah. Um, and then get a bag of coffee. Just ma- maybe invest in a grinder, yeah, or yeah. get a ground in the shop. Get a ground properly, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. just play around with just you know adding yeah, yeah. hot water to and making some brown liquid and see how it tastes. Here you go. Yeah.
1: Okay, so very quickly, your top cup of coffee. Do you have that one cup of coffee that like you
0: Google still remember? Yeah. yeah. It was Coffee Collectives uh, La Esmeralda Panama Geisha. Yeah, I think they actually brought it over with them when they came over to do a demo. It was insane. Like I think it was. It was probably the first time I drank uh, like a really really good geisha. It just tasted like the most stereotypical geisha. It just tasted like flowers and like vanilla and peaches and all sorts of things. Yeah, but it was uh, so balanced and it was just yeah crazy so good
1: okay yeah and uh anywhere in particular you like to go for
0: coffee other than tree park. other um... than tree bark <laughs> <laughs> and coffee work <laughs> <laughs> and coffee work in in yeah in vancouver um modus coffee roasters is a great place yeah. i like the it's a small little intimate space yeah it's nice to have a chat with uh, the owners are always there they're like this super friendly couple and uh, revolver is also super great for like selection If you want to develop your palate, order four of the brews and then just like taste that side by side. Should people go there, they they get to see you behind the bar as well. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you're in Hong Kong, go to the cupping room. Yeah, for sure. It's insane. Not to be missed. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, shout
0: outs to anyone else or anywhere else along the way you want to mention. Badger and Dodo pretty much started my career in coffee and I really appreciate like them giving me that opportunity and like yeah. teaching me the stuff and introducing me to the whole world. Yeah. So shout out to Brock. Souser. Shout out to Brock. Yeah. yeah. Brock and Neil. And yeah, Dan and Coffee Work for, for letting my creativity shine and yeah. develop that. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put some links in the show notes <coughs> uh, and yourself online. You love the old Instagram. So if people want to find I am, you. Yeah.
0: I'm at XRZ. N-E-X-A-R-Z. Okay. I'll be there. Posting my pictures of either food or coffee, food or, or coffee, or beer, <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the above, all the above, pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's me.
1: Okay, Steve, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. No, um you. I know you're on your holidays, so take taking the time out to chat to me. Well, that's what we've been doing anyway, so it's fun to record. So good, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. We will catch you next week. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by P3B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode.